I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. I was in fifth grade at a church down Santa Clara Avenue when I sang that song and God grabbed my heart and I sensed that that was really the beginning of my faith journey. It was an invitation to follow Jesus. I had no idea what it meant and where we were going to be going. And if you had said to me then that I would be standing here today preaching on this passage, I would have said, you're crazy. <laughs> I couldn't see it. I couldn't know it. I couldn't imagine it. Following Jesus is an amazing adventure. It's an amazing adventure. In our text, Jesus invited four fishermen to follow him. And it was not just a one-time event for them. It was an ongoing invitation that they accepted from Jesus. And I maintain that that's true for us, that he invites us each and every day to follow him for his purposes and for our very good. Well, I'd like to unpack this passage by exploring some of the questions that I've had and that I've heard uh, in my journeys as I have followed Jesus. The first question is why? Why does Jesus want us to follow him? I think it's because he wants us to know him up close and personal. He wants us to watch what it is that he is doing and to join him in his work. To see that he's interested in all kinds of people, not just fishermen, but tax collectors. He called insiders like Nicodemus and outsiders like the woman at the well. And he wants each and every one of us to heal, to grow, and to get closer to God. Jesus knows us better than we know ourselves. And he loves us more than anyone ever could, and that is so hard to imagine sometimes. But if you think about everyone who loves you and multiply that out by several gazillion, that's how much I believe Jesus loves you. And because he loves you and me so much, his divine plan for each and every one of us is the very, very best. I really like Psalm 1611. You show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Well, what does following Jesus involve? At its core, it involves trust. We are facing changes in our world, in our country, in our lives every single day. And it takes a lot of trust to face those changes. So following Jesus involves letting go of our agenda, letting go of what it is that's comfortable, what it is that's familiar. It means believing Romans 8.28 when it says he is working all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, I've discovered we cannot follow Jesus today and stay right where we are. 
We have to be willing to move. We have to be willing to step out, step by step. You'll lead us, as we, as we sang. Well, Peter and Andrew stopped casting their fishing nets into the water and left them behind. James and John not only left their nets, but they left Zebedee. They left their family. And they trusted that Jesus was going to provide food for them and a livelihood and a direction for their life. And we need to trust Jesus for the same. It also means that we leave things behind. What do you need to leave behind today in order to follow Jesus? Maybe it's an attitude of fear of the unknown. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your plans. You had plans that you were going to do this and that, and the plans fell apart. When God called me to pastoral ministry, I had to cut my work hours, and I had to, we had to create some space in our budget to pay for seminary. That was a big change. That wasn't in the plan. We had to make a big change. And then after I finished seminary and was called to um, my first church to serve, we were living in Southern California and we enjoyed being close geographically to our family. God called us to go to Colorado. So we had to leave behind our family. Sometimes God calls us to let go. But let's believe that when we let go of the things that we hold on to, the things that we feel are near and dear, God is going to bless us for that letting go. He is, when he is our Lord and when he is our leader, he's the best traveling companion. He'll show us the way to go, step by step, day by day, and we can trust that his blessings will follow. I get asked this quite a bit. How do we know where Jesus wants us to go? We read the Bible. There are so many characters in the Bible that we can relate to, and sometimes reading their stories really helps shape our own stories. Also, and praying, just simply praying, there is no concern that you have that's too small and there's no concern that you have that's too great for Jesus to hear you talk about. And he is willing to give you direction and guidance. He'll use other Christians, your sisters and brothers here, your Christian friends, family members, your pastor, church leaders. He'll, he'll use anybody and everybody he can to give you a sense of direction. Sometimes he uses circumstances as signs for what he wants you to do. Back in 2017, when I finished my interim ministry with the First Baptist Church of Menlo Park, I was saying, well, Lord, where do you want me to go? And I was visiting other churches. And no one in this church knew that it was the desire of my heart to um, connect with a church that had a retreat. So you can imagine my surprise and delight when Pastor Aaron invited me to come 
to his installation service, middle of June 2017. I opened the bulletin, and inside of the bulletin was a green flyer. And that green flyer announced that this church was going on a retreat. And I thought, wow, that is so amazing. And I held on to that bulletin insert and put it with my Bible and in the place where I have my devotions. And I kept praying, and I sensed God was saying, I want you to go back to First Baptist Alameda. So God can use anything. God, Jesus uses many different ways to show us where he wants us to go. Please be open to the possibilities. So, next question. Who does Jesus want us to reach? He wants us to work alongside him to fish, to go spiritually fishing for people who are not yet following him. The lost, the last and the least. And as Devin pointed out so eloquently in his prayer, these are our neighbors. These are our friends. These are people that we work with, people in, in um community groups, um, family members. They're just all over the place, and they need to know how much God loves them. A, a friend of mine came up with a very effective little mnemonic for outreach, and I, I love this. I've shared this with the outreach team. It goes like this. Prayer, it all rhymes, prayer, care, Share, dare. Prayer. You pray, God, who is in my life that you want me to connect with? Who do I see on a regular basis that I can influence for you, that I can get to know you? Care. What is it that they need? What, is it, what are their concerns? How can you come alongside them and meet some of those needs? Share is... Tell them the difference Jesus makes in your life. Help them to see that what they need and what you have are the same thing. And then dare. Dare to invite them to church. Dare to invite them to um, consider reading the Bible. Dare to ask them, what do, you, what do you think about God? What do you think about Jesus? Who is Jesus to you is a great question. And that can be a springboard for further conversation. I met Pearl <clears throat> um, several years ago. She was from Japan. And her husband got a job in the Bay Area. And he had um, the, you know, the, the government uh, approval to, to work, but she did not. So here she was. She had no children, no job, lots of time on her hands and no friends. And so I befriended her, and I got to know her, and I realized she needed a friend, and so I became her friend. Then I found out that her mother-in-law was a Christian. When I found that out, it gave me the opportunity to ask her what difference did her mother-in-law's faith make in her life? And then one thing led to another, and I dared invite her to church and different um, different functions, and we started reading the Bible together. And before I knew it, she decided to give her life and follow Jesus. So 
The devil wants to make us think that it's a lot harder than it is, but the Lord will lead us as we share him with those who are lost. Well, we have opportunities here with this church to invite people. Christmas around the world is coming December 14th. And for those of you who haven't experienced it before, it's a multicultural potluck. We are having um, dance, we are having comedy, we are having singing. It's going to be a joyful and hopeful time to focus on Jesus as the reason for the season. And so I hope you're already thinking about who you might invite to that. Especially consider those who don't know Jesus and those who do not attend church. This church has more than a 15-year history of um, serving the Ruby Bridges School. And so if any of you have an interest in tutoring or helping out, please let me know, because they really appreciate all that uh, Dave Maxey and, and a fleet of us have done there. Uh, the outreach team, a couple years ago, did a community survey, and we discovered that homelessness is one of the number one issues in Alameda. And so we started getting involved with other churches, providing food for uh, our unsheltered neighbors. So if there's anyone here that's interested in baking a dessert or serving food, please talk to me. I'd love to help you get connected. Here's the toughest question, I think, in following Jesus. What do we do when Jesus leads us to a place that we are unsure of, or we don't want to go. We lose a job. We get an unwelcome diagnosis. We lose a family member. We feel so confused, so disoriented, reluctant. We might even have a crisis of faith. God, how could this be happening to me? Why is this happening to me? You must not really love me to let me go through this. But the reality is God loves us and wants us to feel confident and secure in his care and assured in his love. Isaiah 43, 4 reminds us, God says, you are precious. You are precious in my sight and honored. I love you. I love you. So we need to stay extra close to him and hold his hand and let him reassure us of his presence and his power to help us through. The first weekend of August um, was one of the saddest weekends of my life. On that Friday, I learned that my dear aunt died. The next day, we um, celebrated the life of my sister-in-law, Vicki, with whom I was really close. And the next day, before I came to church, I got the phone call that my dearest friend on the planet had died. I cried out to the Lord, and I just threw myself on him. And providentially, that phone call came before worship, and I shared it in community sharing. And you were so kind and so compassionate, and you gave me your hugs, and, and you really helped me to see how much God does love us, and God does care, and will help us through those really tough times. I first came here in January of 2011, and except for my one year as an interim pastor of First Baptist Church, I've faithfully served the Lord with you. 
I've been blessed to serve the outreach team for two terms. I've taught adult Sunday school and been involved uh, the last couple years with the women's prayer and Bible study group. I've preached regularly and led worship regularly, and I have been so, so, so blessed to be with you. So recently, the Lord told me that my ministry with you is nearing an end. And I am committed to serving as the chair of outreach through 2019. Then in 2020, I'm going to follow the Lord to my new ministry assignment. Now, the details are rather minimal, but the handwriting is on the wall. I feel a little unsettled because I do not know where this faith journey is taking me, but I trust the one who's taking me. I've always wanted to be involved in a multicultural church, and this is the most multicultural church I have ever served. I have never served a church longer than five years, but I've been blessed that I've gotten to be with you all for more than seven years. So my, act, my reaction to, to this leading of the Lord was rather surprise and a sense of sa a sa genuine sadness because I love you guys. You're my church family. Um, and I've been reflecting a lot on, gosh, how do, I, how do I sum up seven and a half or more than seven and a half years with you all? Um, this is what the Lord gave me. I am grateful to God for you. When I came in January of 2011, you all were grieving the loss of your pastor of 15 years. You were confused and you were sad. And I so celebrate and I so rejoice that God has brought Pastor Aaron. He is a blessing to this church. He is good for us and he is good for the future of this church, and I celebrate God's work in and through him. I want to bless you for your resilient faith and your perseverance. I want to bless you for your kindness. You've shown your kindness in uh, providing back-to-school supplies and Operation Christmas Child gifts. You've supported missions, uh, the team that went to New Orleans and the team that went to Puerto Rico, our influence has gone around the world because of faithfulness to God, and I bless you for that. I have grown tremendously in my experience with you. Uh, you have broadened my concept of God's family in ways that I could never have imagined. I've learned about uh, Africa and culture in Africa. I've learned about South American culture, Asian culture, so many things that I would not have experienced if God had not brought me here. You've cared for me and you've comforted me when I've lost not only the people that I just mentioned, but also my dad and my mom passed away in, that, in the time that I've been with you. You shared my joy when my youngest daughter got married and uh, you've helped me take myself less seriously. And you've helped me to see the really funny side of life, and there is plenty. So, Jesus invites us to follow him every day. It's for his purpose and for his good. And I'd like for you to imagine him standing up here, looking at you, and inviting you to follow him this day, taking you by the hand and guiding you 
step by step into that future that he has for you. Let's pause and just take a moment of silence. Let him continue to speak. Jesus, we receive your invitation anew. And though the way is uncertain, we take your hand. We let you lead us. We trust you. We know that your plans are for us and not against us. That you have a divine plan and a divine purpose for each of us and this congregation, this church family. Help us to trust in your love and to not question your love when the way is hard, when the way is confusing, when the way is uncertain. Let us remember the blessings of the past where we have stepped out on faith, where we have left things behind and you have honored that and you have encouraged us. And so we celebrate all that you're doing. We pray for our eyes to be open. We pray for our hearts to, to be um, sensitive to those in our lives, our friends, our neighbors, our family members who don't know you. Help us to share with them the difference that you make in our lives. And we are blessed to work alongside you. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. Amen.